0: Enterprise Management 360, your main source for tech news, analysis, podcasts, and videos for the enterprise.
1: Hello, and welcome to the CM360 Podcast. I'm Richard Steenen, Chief Research Analyst at IT Harvest. I write about the IT security space, and I work with IT security technology providers on their go-to-market, and I'm a trusted advisor to CISOs and their teams. IT Harvest is an industry analyst firm that covers over 3,100 vendors in the IT security industry. In today's episode, I'm joined by Uri Durat, who is Senior Product Marketing Manager at Radware, responsible for the application protection products. We're going to talk about why bot mitigation is key for application protection. Welcome, Uri. Hello there. Hi, Richard. Great to be here. Kuri, tell us about your role and how you even got to Radware in the first place.
0: Okay, so uh, you stated quite correctly. I'm a senior product marketing manager in charge of the application uh, protection uh, line of products. I've joined Radware about uh, a year ago. Previous to that, I worked as a product marketing manager for a couple of other companies in, in the field of uh, cyber um, Security and as well as uh, user journey analytics, and in my role in what Radware basically, I'm kind of sitting in the crossroad between product development and you know the field, our sales people. So working a lot with both sides of shaping, you know, the the messaging, the offering, the understanding the market, the uh, competitive analysis, and then enabling sales um, with. Whatever is possible and 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 there's a lot to it. So <laughs> kind yeah, of yeah. Uh, that's, that's gonna be a complete different uh, discussion to describe everything we do, but product marketing is kind of a very wide role.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So let's let's talk about bot mitigation in terms of application protection, because usually when to hear bot mitigation, it's some sort of anti-fraud thing for a consumer or a retail site. Um, and I'm sure you cover that as well. But what do you mean when you talk about application protection as opposed to the anti-fraud stuff?
0: Yeah. So to answer that, we need to kind of look, I guess, at you know at the the application protection landscape, because you said anti-fraud is is one aspect of of application protection. Bot protection; those are certain types of of, of attacks. But there's a lot of other things going on in addition to that. So today one of the challenges i mean there are a few challenges with application protection uh not with just bot so um everything is kind of intertwined we've got a growing uh, threat landscape so if 20 years ago applications were hosted only on a on-prem data center today they are hosted you know all over the place on-prem in a private cloud public cloud and a combination of 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 them all, and and with that the attacks are more complex. It's not just a, a one type of attack; it's a multi-layered type of attack. There are multi-vectors attacks that happens with few different things. So, for instance, you know, bots would be used to do some reconnaissance and. Find those vulnerabilities within the application, and then later on those attackers will use that to exploit those vulnerabilities and launch you know attacks on apis uh, service side request forgeries or you know ransomware the scraping all, all sorts of different type of attacks so the attacks are all combined together and to your question about anti fraud versus other things, so there are a lot of other bots. Uh, bot attacks that are not just about frauds, like, you know, like price scraping and scalping, uh, denial of inventory, cart abandonment attack and such, if that answers your questions.
1: Yeah, completely, completely. I think that does. Uh, and thanks for that overview of the landscape. Um, so with bot mitigation, do you think it's fair to say that organizations aren't even aware that they need that, right? Unless they're a bank or a retailer that sees a lot of account takeover kind of attempts. Um, is it difficult to see? It's certainly not the same as a DDoS. Boy, you're really aware if you need DDoS defense. Right. Is it kind of under under the wire? What do you have to look for to know that you've got a problem?
0: Yeah, well, you you bring up a really good point. And obviously with DDoS attack, if you're under attack and 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 you're site is down so you know that you're under attack, but but with many of those bot attacks, unless those are, by the way, they're also obviously bot DDoS attacks, but with many of those other attacks or, you know, vulnerability exploits, um you you don't really know many times that you're under attack until it's too late. Um, sometimes you, you you might never even know about it uh, at all. From what we see on the market is that, first of all, when when we look at our data, if we compare, let's say... You know, the um, like when we compared, you know, twenty twenty one to to the to the year before that, then we're almost at the end of twenty twenty two, so we'll probably have the stats for that as well. We saw that obviously there was an increase in all types of attacks, but bots was like the increase there was almost you know over two hundred percent, like like three more than three times as much as the 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 year before the amount of bad bot requests that we see the, the the bad bot attempts, and What's alarming is that we also know that four out of five organizations, they have they don't have the knowledge or the capability or the right tools to to distinguish between good bots and bad bots. And just to put things in perspective for our audience, I'm sure that most of the listeners are, are aware of that, but just so well on the same page. Today, between 50 to 60% of internet traffic is bots. It's not human, right? Half of that traffic is is good bots, like, you know, search engines, pricing services, web crawlers, et cetera. But the other half are, are bad bots that do, you know, web scrapings and accounting covers and DDoS attacks and they hold up your inventory and all that. So many organizations, even if they have, you know, certain tools in place to distinguish between, you know, Human and bots there 's another layer to it. You need to be able to distinguish between the good bots and the bad bots because you don 't want to block the good bots right so I, I believe you you were asking also about what what happens if you 're not aware of your bot problem right so for instance uh, when like uh, right now we just released our uh, holiday report, and you know every year during the holiday season we you kind of collect and analyze stats of bot behavior in e-commerce for, for, for that matter. So if we take, if we take that, that market, like e-commerce market, so, so one of the things that, that we see that happens is, first of all, account takeovers. There are bots that can basically take over accounts, which can happen in the form of like credential staffing, where they, um, you know, they, they use previously obtained or validated uh, login credentials to log in into accounts. That's called credential stuffing. Or they use some sort of guessing techniques, like that's called credential cracking, like brute force attacks, where they're try you know every word in the dictionary, things like that, just to enter into accounts. Another thing that they do is they uh, those sophisticated you know third and fourth generation bot they can actually create accounts. So they create accounts and then they use it later to you know to to take advantage of loyalty points and gift cards and all sorts of other uh, freebies or any value that can get from account, and they might, you know, um, use it to either generate further attacks on the application, or just, you know, make a profit by selling things uh, on the dark web. So that's one of the things that 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 we see a lot, especially during the holiday season. And and what we what we tell customers, what we tell e-commerce companies, that you know you have to protect yourself weeks before you have to start doing that. Be- because those malicious actors that want to take advantage of those accounts that they've taken over or created, they're going to create those accounts and take over those accounts probably weeks or even a month or two or three before you know, let's say Black Friday, or Cyber Monday weekend, right? So that's one of the things we see. Another thing that we see is the, which I mentioned before, is the denial of inventory, uh, cart abandonment type of attacks where bots are scripted the, to basically hold up items in your inventory and usually those attacks are many times are are launched by by, by competitors and although it's kind of nasty to do and not even legal to do but 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 it happens and you know then what happens at the end of the day customers are trying to purchase an item or even book a ticket for a flight and and and, and there's no availability online right so they need to move to the competitor and and that 's one of the common attacks that we see out there. Another thing obviously is content and price scraping and i 'm sure you know all of us we encounter when we search for something on Google and we get amongst those results we see a lot of you know websites that really present the same content as some of the other the results that we see there i don 't know if it happened to you or not, but it happened to me quite often, and basically what it is 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 you know it 's websites. And certain actors are using bots to scrape that content from from who originally created it and post it as their own, uh, and there's a lot of damage there to to the original creator of that content because they spend money and resources on, on writing, uh, developing, producing content, and and then someone is taking use of that, and also basically stealing their traffic. So that's when it comes to content. And there's also price scraping, and, and that's also something that we see, especially during, like, we see it in e-commerce, we see it in travel, we see it uh, a lot during the holiday seasons where um, everyone wants to put the best price on there and they just use bots to scrape prices and and then um, and basically steal, you know, steal your traffic, steal your customers that way. Wow. I'm
1: convinced uh, to the point where I need I want help how do how does radware um, mitigate bots so I can just move on.
0: Yeah so um, the first part of of, of mitigating bots and, and and one of the most important things it starts with detection basically and just kind of to map out you know so the listeners would, would I'm I'm sure I mean if we've got CISOs and the cybersecurity personnel on on listening so so they know what I'm talking about but for those who don't to mitigate you know, the the first generation or second generation type of bots, those are, you know, the automated scripts or the headless browsers, you don't always need necessarily need uh, a dedicated bot solution. Some WAFs and web application firewalls have those capabilities. But When it comes to those sophisticated bots that I just mentioned, you know, those third generation, fourth generation bots, that's where you need a dedicated bot management solution with an engine that is designed to detect this type of traffic. Specifically, um, Radware, one of the, I I guess, the differentiators or our our unique values is it starts with our detection engine, which is based on uh, deep behavioral analysis. So, um, basically we use a it's our proprietary intent based um behavior analysis we call it idba engine which helps us to understand the intent of those highly sophisticated bots and i'm not going to go exactly to to the specific of of how it works we have content about that that i'm sure you know if people are interested that they can read more about that So, so that's where it starts and then the next part is basically what do you do with the uh with the bot traffic once you've um Recognize it because one of the things with application protection is that you know business security trade-off, right? You you don't want to you, you want to protect your customers, you want to protect your data, but you don't want to hurt your business. And in order to do that, you need to mitigate bots in in a in a clever way. So then comes in the, the various different mitigation options that 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 we offer. What you can do with this bot traffic, whether you know you, you, you can you, you can block it, you can divert it, you send it CAPTCHAs. We also have crypto challenge that I can talk about later on, which is quite interesting. And um, and that's, and that's one aspect of it. The other aspect is when you look at bot mitigation solutions, you want to look at bots that can work in synergy with your other, you know, with the rest of your security stack. So some bot solutions are out there on the market, including ours. They integrate with with your WAF, or it's you know it's a vendor like Radware that also provides a WAF, and and then you can manage and 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 view and, and look at the re- and reports and and orchestrate your security from from one portal. So that's another aspect. And then the other aspect, if you remember the beginning of the conversation when I was talking about the landscape, was mentioning. That applications are, you know, deployed pretty much everywhere today. So one of the things to look for in a bot solution is you wanted to be able to, you want to be able to deploy it on all of your environments, on, you know, be you know, on prem or public cloud or virtual cloud, etc.
1: So tell us about this uh, crypto challenge. That sounds fascinating.
0: Yeah, it is. It is actually. So as you know, I'm sure. Um, we're all familiar with uh, with captcha, right? Those interactive challenges that that we are being served when we, you know, surf the web and go on websites. Uh, it can be simple captures like where we are being asked to uh, copy, you know, a sequence of digits or or letters, or more sophisticated captures where we, we are being asked to uh, to tick all the boxes with, uh, you know, traffic lights or uh, street signs, um, etc. and i think if, as far as we know over 70% of uh, organizations are 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 using captchas or their, as their uh, choice of mitigation uh, for bots even if they don't have a uh, designated mit- uh, bot mitigation solution you know captchas can can be used without a bot mitigation uh, solution without a bot manager you can you can simply uh, get a captcha service uh, even from google right and all of the bot mitigation management solutions, obviously, they did, at least the serious ones, they, they incorporate uh, CAPTCHAs into them. So, what, what, what is the problem with CAPTCHAs? Um, now, it's been with us for quite a while and it's quite effective. But from the user experience uh, aspect, CAPTCHAs are an interactive challenge. So, it means that CAPTCHA stands in your way in getting to what you want on a website. If you want to purchase an item and now you know, there's a sale going on and price going to expire in a few minutes and you want to make a purchase, CAPTCHA is now standing in your way of doing it. We also see that, you know, visually impaired people, elderly people, or sometimes there are even cultural differences that makes it harder for for people to solve those more uh, sophisticated CAPTCHAs. And being a binary determination, there's no middle ground. It's either you're right or wrong. So if you ticked only three out of the four boxes that you were supposed to tick, it means that you failed the capture and now you need to solve it again. And there's a certain percentage of people that will actually churn and, and, and actually leave the application to purchase you know their item they wanted somewhere else or leave it altogether because they actually don't have the time for it. They wanted to do something on the fly and now they can't, right? So, so that's on the user experience um, aspect. As far as security goes, a capture is a point in time mechanism. So once a capture is solved, there's going to be a grace period until you hit the next capture. So right now, you know, you would probably ask me, okay, but that's fine, right? Because if this capture is solved, it means that it's a human, so it's okay that we don't challenge it again. But the answer to that is no. At least now, end of 2022, there are captures uh, solving bots. So all of those simple captures, where you're being asked to, you know, to copy the the a sequence of letters or or digits, there are bots that can solve that. And when it comes to those puzzles that we mentioned, there are capture farms today, which basically, you know, people working those capture farms to solve thousands and thousands of captures, creating a huge uh, database, a huge data, a huge pool of of solved captures. And bots have scripts that are basically. Connected them to those capture farms to get solutions to those captures, and then they can move on you know, and, and, and solve those captures and progress on their malicious behavior in your website. So, captures are no longer you know, 100% proof mechanism. Hence, is the value of the uh, blockchain based crypto challenge. And what is the blockchain based crypto challenge? It's basically a behind the scene challenge uh, based on proof of work concepts sends a challenge to the browser, to the bot browser. And once the bot browser solves a challenge, it sends it another challenge at a higher difficulty. So this is how it works. Let's say you have uh, a bot. The detection engine recognizes the bot. It sends it uh, a challenge. So the first challenge is going to be fairly easy. It's The challenge is a sort of a mathematical problem that it needs to solve. So once it solves it, The detection engine, again, you know, the detection continuously, you know, doing its job at detecting the traffic and analyzing it. So it sees that it's still a bot. It sends it another capture. Now it's at a higher difficulty and so on and so forth. And then what happens is that it gets to a point where that bot browser is completely busy solving those captures till, till, till it chokes. And it's basically overusing its entire, you know, CPU and it gets stuck. It cannot continue on what was uh, programmed to do, right? Now, you might ask me, okay, but what happens if it's a human? So let's say there's a legit user, but, I don't know, rage clicked on on a button, and the detection engine suspects it to be a bot. So it's going to serve it a very simple, very easy capture, sorry, not capture, a crypto challenge to to its browser, which will be solved in, in a matter of, you know, Milliseconds, so so the the end user w- wouldn't even feel it, right? And now it's going to continue to do whatever it does um, seamlessly, and detection engine going to detect that it's actually a human. It's it's not a it's not a bot. So no more challenges will be uh, served to that user. But going back to those bad bots, one of the nice things about it is that. I mean as we said you know there's better user experience with the captcha there's better security because it's a continuous challenge it's not a point in time solution but the other thing is you mentioned before that usually with security we are being uh we're being reactive right to, to to threats but this enables you to actually take a toll from the attacker so those bot masters they they spend a lot of resources be time and money on you know purchasing or setting up those botnets launching those attacks they also have a business model in place they also have daily quota of things they want to do like if they in the business of uh i would say uh, you know uh, let's say uh, 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 ticket sculpting and they need to purchase a certain amount of tickets at a certain price in order to sell it you know um on the net so when they visit a website that has this mechanism their bots are not going to be able to do what they're supposed to do. They're going to choke. They're going to basically lose money. You're going to put a dent in their business and basically make it not worth it for them to attack your business anymore. And that's the beauty of the Crypto Challenge.
1: I, I love the the whole concept because it seems centered around let's make the job harder and force the bot, min, you know, bot developers to constantly up their game, in other words, reinvest. In um, the name of the game ultimately in security is raising the cost for the attacker. Uh, hopefully, you know, for now, they just go to somebody else. You know, in some future world, maybe they'll go away. I doubt it. I want to thank you, Uri, for all your great insight. I learned a lot about bot mitigation. Thank you, Richard thanks to everyone who listened to our conversation if you would like more information on what we've discussed today make sure you head on over to radware.com we'll be back next week with another episode in our podcast series until then make sure you subscribe to this podcast on all major platforms follow the conversation on our socials at em360tech on twitter and linkedin and for more great daily content head on over to em360tech.com